there's just there's just so much to talk about because it's been did you know it's almost been like almost a year now since we had stopped recording i think it's almost it's to the month but i don't know about the day oh wow really yeah there's just i mean jeez time flies man especially during covid yeah if you've made it this far though congratulations you've made it through the worst uh chaos i mean the pandemic the the worst black lives matter everything i mean it's it's just it's been a hell of a year it all came down at once and one and uh here we are again one event after another after another accumulating accumulating in just the series that happened at the beginning of the year that frankly just blows my dang mind you know, <laughs> like yes, and all of it has brought you to this point. What's going on, guys? And welcome back to Uncovered Cinema. I'm Brian. Hey, and I'm Will. And we are back at it again. I guess this is going to be. I, it could be our soft season too, right? Because yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, we. Yeah. It, it's 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 amazing to me that we had started a podcast that reviews upcoming <laughs> movies and 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 production culture and i i mean who would have thought that and it would it'd be foolproof right we we could do yeah. it forever and then literally <laughs> and then the uh, industry shuts weeks, down <laughs> four weeks after we started the entire industry shuts down yeah it's just and, it's, uh, it's not one of those things that you ever think of happening not an industry that's been around since the you know the turn of the century just shutting down out of nowhere <laughs> you just you don't expect that it's just not something yeah, and, and I mean, and we didn't have it bad. I mean, it's still we're a year later now, and, mm-hmm. and some studios are not even re- making movies yet. They're still trying to navigate the oh, yeah. the complexities of, of working with COVID. I mean, we're we're getting it down uh, to a point now, and there's mm-hmm. there's this whole thing with with zones and different phases uh, of uh, uh, stages, if you will. It's almost like the 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 six rings of hell or something yeah. you need and you the, the closer you get in the closer you get to people that are that are uh, more exposed uh like like yeah. actors that don't wear masks and stuff yeah um, absolutely and i know of so many um guys in the union that are down here in florida that still haven't gone work at all since covid has started one yeah they might be too afraid to go to set because you hear about whole entire set still being shut down to this day because covid breaks out on them because they're not taking the proper procedures because some idiot isn't doing what he's supposed to be doing absolutely and and you know even it's not just the illusion of covid if you have (laughs) one pa sneeze on set the whole thing gets shut down for two weeks until until everybody can you know test negative again and they ensure that nothing's going on there you know it's 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 uh well, we'll get into it. I mean, we're. I, I believe later in the in the in the show episode, we're going to be talking about yeah uh, news and what's what's kind of going on. But yeah, uh, you know, welcome back to later. us. Yeah, yeah, welcome back. It's actually it's great to be back. It is great to be back. I tell you what, absolutely. After, after that, just gauntlet that we ran through. It is great to be back. It was intense. Definitely, it was. Uh, I mean, it was a mental challenge for. For everybody, uh, and and you know the best we we should have been there for it to to give you something to listen to during the times, but uh, that you weren't doing anything. But it was also a challenge for us as well. So uh, mm-hmm. welcome back. Uh, we we have a a new 
uh, format that we kind of want to yep. present to you guys. We're, we're trying to, you know, uh, rough everything in and kind of like uh, improve. Everybody's trying yeah, to improve yeah, themselves absolutely. and we're trying to move forward and, 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 and create a more the place. That's what we want to do. Yeah, we're trying to make, create a more enjoyable and entertaining experience to have so we can listen to it and others can listen to it and have, you know, a really good time. Yeah, that's, you know, that's a good point. That's because during COVID, I went actually and was reviewing the things that we had recorded, the previous yeah. things. And I, I was I was flabbergasted with how much cussing we, I think in the first 30 seconds oh, geez, of one episode, man. there was probably 12 cuss words. Yeah, that's, yeah, I noticed that uh, cussing was a lot. Cussing was a big thing. So and that's, we're not we're not doing you justice no. by using adjectives that don't don't that can be so interchanged without any yeah. any uh, meaning at all. They don't mean anything. We're just flopping them in there. Yeah. and uh, and we want to be able to make con- yeah, we want to be able to make this enjoyable that you can listen to with everybody in the car, your kids, your wife, everybody. Right? You can't do that if the hosts are cussing every now and then, like every other word. That's not okay. That's not okay. <laughs> every now so, and then is okay. Every we now and then is okay, it. but every other word, that's not okay. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> anyway, so we're moving on. We're moving mm-hmm. forward. And uh, and movies are for everyone. So, hopefully, that's Absolutely. that's what we're going to be bringing to you inside your car with what mm-hmm. I imagine is, is a baby strapped in the back seat and <laughs> and... <laughs> And it's not like you're going to be watching the movies because they're not making them. Still, uh, we're still we're still well, encountering it, those challenges now. Yeah, they're they're the industry is coming back. It's coming back slowly though. A lot of the stuff that you're going to be seeing open up right now is a lot more commercials, especially local commercials. They're jumping on the bandwagon of having a lot of union guys not working and non-union guys who would be working not working and not charging as much. So you're going to see a lot of that work pop up. Um, but for the most part. A lot of movies aren't uh, filming, and if they are, they're not hiring as many crew as they were before, at least from what I've noticed. Yeah, that's that's definite. I, I think we're seeing that a lot around uh, all the different industries as well, is, is, is a major cutback in the mm-hmm. amount of staff that you do have. Uh, yes. Which I, I guess is good if you if you can get hired. Because, um, you know, I was lucky enough to, to work on a set recently, but mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's a good point because I was a... Uh, the cinematographer as well as the sound guy yeah and i was even touching up makeup here and there so yeah, it's like they that's what's gonna i was the only one that passed the the, the covid test so it's like yeah, you know that, i was welcome on set that's what's gonna go in the future is the testing the covid testing and especially the um the the um coded uh hmm, the covid shot that they're giving out the um vaccine oh the vaccine dude yes. you gotta get the vaccine um if you don't have the vaccine you're not gonna be able to work in the industry like soon uh just there's oh, so yeah. many so many people willing to get it that why why even take the chance with a non-vaccinated person that has to get tested every now and then when you can hire 10 grips or 10 of anybody in your department who is vaccinated so just something to think about going forward but one thing I have noticed ever since that COVID has lifted off and this over this past year is the addition of COVID compliance officers on set. If you guys haven't heard of that, yes. that is a huge job right now. COVID compliance officer. It is your job to make sure that the set is staying compliant to the COVID standards of where you're filming. So make sure everything is sanitized. Make sure... 
uh, people are adhering to the masks mandate. Make sure uh, OSHA, if they come through, isn't going to fine you guys with a whole buttload of money. That right now is crazy. If you can get the certifications for that, you're almost guaranteed right. to find work. I didn't even think about that. And that's you're right. That is something that is is popping up. I, I was uh, working in Burbank a few weeks ago, and they did have a, co- a COVID compliance officer. They were actually the ones that helped take the test as well. And then you had to sign some paperwork and stuff. But you know, what I noticed was kind of funny is, is, you know, some of the old habits that i used to have pre-covid it was it was like and you know, i'm trying to sign the paper and and the pins out of ink so uh, you tap it to the tip of your tongue and start writing and they were like ah oh, fuck i gotta throw this pin away ah I'm just cussing it you see it's it, it's one of those things that's gonna be a little hard to shake but we're working on it we're human beings and we're trying to improve right <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna beep it out we're gonna beep that out I, i'm sorry oh, yeah and that's that's I, another thing we're gonna beep Beat, yeah. <laughs> beat the hard f's going forward hey we did good i made it almost 10 minutes okay so that's... <laughs> well what movie are we talking about today i thought we got a, so, a, a good one with... that you, you've been talking about it for a few yeah, weeks now dude, so. <laughs> i've been excited about this movie so we are changing up the format of our podcast a little bit we are going to be announced like talking about a little bit about us uh recap of the first episode just like we did then we're going to be going into a movie that's readily available for the most part through one of the streaming devices whether that's netflix hulu disney plus something like that uh then yes because we realize that it's also tough for you like mm-hmm. we're we're talking about movies that are coming out and and up and coming and and you, you know that's that's 10 20 bucks you throw on popcorn you're at yeah, 180 dude. bucks just to go to the damn movie th- ah just yeah, to go man. to the movie theater and uh and we're trying to you know make it something that's more accessible for for you guys now so you can you can join in as well and listen mm-hmm. and, and then watch the movie and and analyze it with us and also this is now a forum for you to join in on your thoughts as well so yes, if we throw please. something out there like brie larson and you and you don't think that you you it's, the, the opinion it. is different <laughs> i'm dropping it then, it's it's a dropped can, case <laughs> Uh, you can go back and check the other episodes if you know want to know what we're talking about there. But uh, we're 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 moving on from that. We're a little bit more mature nowadays, so uh, you can actually join in on that and yeah. and, and give us feedback as well. Yeah, throw them down in the comments below, and we want to hear your thoughts on anything that we're discussing here. That's why we want to make movies that are a lot, or not make movies, talk about movies that are a lot easily accessible to everybody. All right, we want you to join yeah. well, in we, on the fun. We, we don't want to just talk about it. <laughs> Yeah, we don't. Let's, make them. We, let's be honest. We want to make them, but we just yeah. don't have any money. <laughs> so after we explain which movie we're going to watch and where you guys can go join us and watch it at, we are going to break, watch it ourselves, then come back and discuss it. Now we're going to be diving deep into this, diving as deep as that we can from initially watching it and doing um, a little bit of research on it. But then we're also going to open it up to discussion anything you guys want to tell us about too. And then at the end, we're going to throw a little bit of. Uh, a little bit of hidden trivia, a little bit of, a little bit of discussion in on it on some stuff that may not necessarily be in the best lighting or maybe in great lighting awards or things like that. Yeah, and you know me, I love my symbolism. So, oh dear God, we are going symbolism. to get my my symbols symbolism and start clapping them together like a monkey, and uh, we are going to be also addressing uh, the upcoming production uh 
information and news that that we normally address as well mm-hmm. um we just want to make it more inclusive like i said so yeah so uh, we'll, be, we'll be adding all the industry news just like we always did um but we're gonna be adding it towards the end of the podcast and we're gonna be making it more centered towards uh pretty much anything in the movie industry but more more towards the streaming stuff in the movie side and not necessarily the tv show side all right, and then on that note, so what are we going to be watching today and then dissecting afterwards? So when I was on Netflix the other day just chilling, I f- ran across this one movie I've been meaning to watch for, God, dude, ever since it came out. It's called I'm Thinking About Ending Things. It's by Charlie Kaufman. Uh, you may recognize his name. You may not. Um, he's a director of a little-known movie called Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind beautiful movie crazy deep movie so when i saw that i was like you know what let's check this out nice uh i'm thinking about ending things it sounds a little suicide to me but uh yeah it, it what, what is do we have a synopsis of this one what does it the, look the like synopsis it? to i'm thinking about anything is full of misgivings a young woman travels with her boyfriend to his parents secluded farm upon arriving she comes to question everything she thought she knew about him and herself so this is a adaptation from a book that was written by uh ian reed um It took him three years to make, and he purposely left the book open to interpretations so he can see what other people's thoughts and the way they took the book and the way they understood the book, because he said, basically, everybody's is valid. Now, the director of this movie basically took that and ran with it, and this Uh. movie is what we got out of it. I I see. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the, from your description... Initially, this sounds like this could be like a, a horror movie or, or like a thriller. Is that? It's a, it's a of... suspenseful movie. Yes, it's a. Ah. Um, it's two hours and fourteen minutes long. Um, suspense. It's a little bit of a slow burn, but trust me when I tell you it's worth it. Pay attention. That's all I'm gonna say because <laughs> get ready for a trip, my man. Get ready for a trip. Yes, going down symbolism alley. <laughs> that's my that's my uh that's my forte so i'll be oh my excited god excited to come back and yeah. dissect every single thing that's going on there but Let's... already i'm I'm kind of seeing a lot with the names here i'm thinking about ending things and then and then what we have here is this it's kind of the description like you said it sounds it sounds open-ended it could be mm-hmm. it could be something for pitch to lifetime almost or something that is a, a, a happy comedy. It, 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 I don't know really where to go with this, so I'm, I'm kind of at a, already at a loss of words of, of of what I'm expecting. I don't really know, and I love that when I don't know what I'm ex- yeah. going to expect because, yeah. as you know, working in production, both of us, we've seen that following that three act structure can get a little bit uh, a trite and overdone yeah, because it, we 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 just see you can. Yeah, you can predict what's going to happen, and it's almost it's almost like a bar trick that it's become where I've where I can tell people, oh, I know it's going to happen because it's it's got to follow a three act structure and oh, this yeah. character arc, when, and and especially American cinema, uh, tor- uh, yeah, American, American cinema, cinema storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it it, it follows an even narrower yeah. 
uh, a guide uh, as far as how the story is told. Yeah, uh, yeah um, you it know, does. to the point taking like you know Avengers and, and all the uh, the uh, uh, Captain America, all all the Marvel movies, they all come out with the you know hero wins on the top. But yeah. uh, you know, as we've seen with with Train to Busan and and in uh, the Parasite movies, like the the main character never. Lives. It doesn't always, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't always win. And that's one thing that's really started crossing um, borders with uh, within the entertainment sector as well is the whole uh, hero's story. And it's been said and it's been used so much in cinema. It's been being pulled over into video games. Just about every single video game follows the hero's journey to a dang T and it works, you know? Yeah. And that's that's one thing about this movie that really strikes me is does it follow the typical hero's journey or not? Right. And and I think uh something that we've touched on before is that it's it's there is this kind of like um identification in, in America cinema that we they are kind of getting tired of that mm-hmm. because we're having this embrace of of Asian the cinema hero culture. Always wins is um, boring. African American female leads. We're seeing mm-hmm. a lot of that coming around now within this last year, and and it creates a much more interesting storytelling, mm-hmm. as well as uh, offers a different perspective from uh, uh, let's just say a, a non-white cast. Uh, yeah. so because we Zadea's, get too much of that nowadays. Zadea's recent movie, for instance, my God, it was beautiful. The lighting on her made her glow. It really made her stand out. But you wouldn't see that, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Not at all. That's why I really enjoy about today's cinema is everybody is able to make movies. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Even if you got a, a reasonable quality mm-hmm. uh, smartphone, it actually takes very good video and you can you can get away with quite a lot i mean even a lot of these uh the apple commercials they're filmed mm-hmm. with apple phones that are stock i think it's it's pretty amazing the quality yeah. that we're getting nowadays mm-hmm. yeah absolutely oh god the quality of the uh iphone 12 is insane you add uh just any um filmic pro app to it which is a 20 dollars app that you can get in the uh, app store and you put that baby on a um a tripod with a uh, ball yeah, head, right. and my god, dude, you can film anything that you want to. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, coming from the photography side, my mm-hmm. god, we can do raw video now. Oh yeah, uh, I'm sorry, dude. raw raw pictures. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing that you that we can do that in yeah, a, in a smartphone can, now. And you can shoot an Apple ProRes, which is basically raw, and it's very it's very well it's very easy to edit on. And it's very easy to use. It's a wonderful. Um, codec and it comes right there on the iPhone. Literally, all you need is a professional tool like Filmic Pro that shoots out that allows you to film in the different formats at different speeds in the different qualities, black, white, whatever you want to do. And your phone is just as good, if not better, than a low end DSLR camera. It really yep. is, whether you want to believe it or not just depends yep. on how you shoot it. It's not necessarily what you have in your hands, guys. <laughs> it's who's behind the camera. You know, we're going to get back into this in a little bit later as well, mm-hmm. but that's that's also the benefit of having all these niche 
medias come out that the uh the paramount plus everything's plus nowadays disney yeah, plus disney plus the, oh god yeah, we're and, gonna be talking about disney plus later hold on to your britches on that <laughs> it's it's all over the place but uh it's it's also allowing uh people to tell their story in a more uh, and get their story out in a in a more easier way now mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking looking forward to this. the The movie that we're going to be watching this is available on uh, Netflix right now, yep. and Netflix. it's I'm thinking about ending things. I'm thinking about ending and, things, and uh, it seems to be about a, a a perspective centered around the woman, which is which is uh, again going to be refreshing to to see that. And uh, and do you know, when did this uh, movie come out? Let's take a look here. Uh, this movie just came out a few months ago. Um, it came out in 2020. It ha- it's leading by Jesse Plamos, who's playing um, Jake. One of, I love him in everything he's done. So I was very excited to see him. Um, Jesse Buckley, I wasn't too familiar with her. Uh, however, after watching this movie, I'm going to specifically hunt her movies down to watch them because my God. Shh. Anyways. Um... <laughs> I don't want to put my personal feelings about this movie out there before you see it. You know, I don't want to spoil your judgment on it. I want you to watch it and get an honest feedback from you. So I'm trying my best not to say nothing. I can't spoil your opinion (laughs) because I follow the script and haven't watched the movie yet. So (laughs) when we return. I just, you know, (laughs) see, I wasn't supposed to watch the movie, but I did. So, yeah. Well, uh, again, we, we should also touch on this as well, <laughs> though. This was one of the uh, ideas of, of, of doing uncovered cinema is actually finding movies that are not as popular to uncover for you. Mm-hmm. And and we uh, really can't do that unless one of us watches the movie. But you're still yeah. going to have that fresh perspective because I haven't yet seen it mm-hmm. uh, because there's just so much to filter through that we have to go through. And and I don't want to I don't want to waste time and waste your time by by an going awful, through an, awful a movie, movie that is not good because some of them are just bad yeah and, and that's some why they weren't popular <laughs> yeah that is also the drawback of having all these various medias uh that we can watch and stream things on nowadays so uh i'm, I'm thinking about ending things i'm thinking about ending things right here so that i can watch i'm thinking about ending <laughs> things and uh and it seems that when we come back we're going to uh break it down in and kind of give it to you all in one in one sitting right here. So, yep. if you haven't seen it, you're welcome to pause it and, uh, and and come back, and we'll we'll be with you again right after this break. So we're coming back now. Welcome back to us. Welcome back. Uh, did you were you guys able to uh, rewatch it again, Will, or did you? Uh... Yeah, yeah. Um, we took a yeah, we took a skim over it. We reviewed it and uh, caught a lot of stuff that I wasn't expecting to catch. But then again, really is a movie that you have to watch multiple times. And uh, I think even then, after like we were just talking about that, once you once we kind of uncover all these things that we notice there, you may want to go back and rewatch it again yourself because. You're, uh, it's one of those first of all i'm 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 kind of like 
mind psyched out because of everything I just watched. It felt a little like of I don't know about you, but for me, it felt like a little bit of like a, a college art film. But once you learn about it, it's different. It has a stronger impact. It definitely has that um, like film studenty vibe where cinematography is the main the main thing and story kind of takes second place until you start realizing that the entire story is so elegantly woven into every single shot that you realize it goes far, far, far beyond what you initially like. Yeah. See it, you know? Oh my God. Can you, do we by chance have the, uh, the synopsis again? Let me reread this. I got it right here. Let me reread the synopsis because I, I, that in itself is a total yeah dude uh, it's a mind it, it puts well, you into for, a, I, there could be children but <laughs> it, it puts you into a certain mindset before you even exactly. watch the movie it, it it's crazy everything down to even the synopsis the littlest details in this movie have been thought about there's not a single thing that happens in this movie that's shown in this movie ever that wasn't like planned out by the director it's insane right but it's also important to note that i'm i'm the one that always says this as well but that this is that way with with every single movie like that that is what makes movies so beautiful is that people have months and months to plan these things out and and we're talking people that are the peak of their game they've been doing this for years and years um um and and they can think they have the opportunity to think of what's the mind of this character and how are they thinking and what would be in their bedroom and what would be on their nightstand and, and, and put those things in there. So that's what makes it so beautiful is that you can go back and analyze all these things that this character would have lived in because it's at the end of the day, it's all fabricated. It's completely made up. It's all done on a set and every little thing that is on, on frame is in there for a purpose and the way that they frame it and, and the way that the, the, um, build the atmosphere it all tells the story of this person's life so yeah absolutely for a good movie that's absolutely what happens but more often than not we have bad movies that we're watching that don't necessarily <laughs> have someone who thought all the way through like that yeah, you know it's so true it's actually very rare that we get a movie that is this thought out you know i mean every movie should be this thought out but then again we get you know, and so seemingly the, all over the place when you watch it without, yeah, without knowing about what's going on and 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 how the way the story is yeah. being told, it's you're just you're on a roller coaster ride and you're being taken <laughs> all over the place, and seemingly it's a scatter of just mm-hmm. like some things don't even make sense, like the the like the janitor scenes until the very end didn't even make sense or like what 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 does this guy have to do with the movie? Because we just have random yeah. jump cuts to a janitor sweeping floors. And uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I will admit this is the first movie in a long time that made me physically exhausted. Yes. After watching. yes. <laughs> it's, it's uncomfortable. The whole movie, it, yes. it portrays a, uh, to the audience. It makes us very uncomfortable. It puts them in situations. Mm-hmm. The, the cast are put into situations that are very uncomfortable to watch. Uh, and, and it doesn't yeah. let up the entire time. So I agree. Yeah, it definitely makes you like 
exhausted afterwards because you're like mm-hmm. you're making like I, I i caught myself making faces that i would make if i was put in that situation but i'm just watching it so it's <laughs> yeah. like why would i be doing that you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude i love i i love so many different parts about this movie but uh one of the uh, significant points that really stands out is uh, when she starts talking like, I could have said no, I didn't have to give my number, like I should have ended things with him a while ago, like all these things, like I shouldn't be in this situation here. <laughs> <laughs> it, I just love that she points it out. Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like, uh, which is, it's, it's interesting because it's it's like, something an audience member would watch going into a horror movie i'm not saying this is a horror movie but <laughs> they would say oh no don't do that don't don't go up them stairs when someone when someone a mass murderer is chasing you and they do it but <laughs> in this case she was like oh i know but i'm still doing it which i actually find is a really uh i think more realistic idea about a person uh, the how they would behave just because of social norms this yeah. is the way like i would probably act that way around a weird person anyways because uh just going with the flow and stuff because that's how our social behaviors are wired and and you don't want to like upset a person that you're you know with or somebody that you care about but at the same time everything inside of you is telling you no don't don't go uh which is Mm -hmm. i I thought it was kind of like i i it it almost makes me yeah, think of really, like it, uh, the killer the the kidnapper mentality. You know, it's like don't get in the van or find their puppy, but they do it anyways. And it's not always because of smarts; it's it's because of social faux pas. You know. Yeah, it really begs the question of at what point in time is enough enough? Like, when is it going beyond being um um polite yeah and saying yes i will give you my number or yes i will go out with you to like okay now we're <laughs> yeah now we've crossed the line <laughs> you know okay you know, so we, we might be dating but whatever i want to i want to jump into it but i want to like like formal it here so um just in case you haven't seen it i know we've already been talking about it. you're coming midway into the show i'm thinking about anything. if you haven't watched it check it out on netflix right now and then you can come back to us or mm-hmm. because there will be spoilers we're going to tear it apart right now uh, because that's what we do so i want to uh go back over the synopsis that we originally read and 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 then we can start from there and and i will say going before going into it i feel like this movie is there's just way too much for us to touch um, this is a really beautiful movie. It's really well thought out. And, Absolutely. uh, there's also so many complicated ideas that they're trying to unravel and, and touch within this movie. And there's just not enough time. And, and I, we're not going to hit everything, but that's also why we're asking you to, um, to let us know also any major points that we, might have missed and some of the things yeah absolutely the, the poems and stuff are just way over my head they're so complicated but i can i can i can see how they tied into the character so yeah and i have uh some theories and some suggestions uh along with those later but uh regarding the well, let me go into the synopsis really quick here. Uh, mm-hmm. Full of misgivings, a young woman travels with her new boyfriend to her parents' secluded farm. Upon arriving, she comes to question everything she thought she knew about him and herself. Now, if having seen it, 
I think it's pretty awesome that the synopsis of this movie focuses on the perspective of a woman, which is something I thought would be more interesting uh, at the start mm-hmm. before having seen it. But really, it's as we know now, it's the focus is actually on the the man himself. So some of the questions I had yes. wrote down during the movie was uh, it, it becomes very apparent with the jump cuts that we are not in the present world. We're not in the real world. So I'm thinking, are we in the mind of a schizophrenic? Are we in her mind? Are we in his mind? Mm -hmm. Are we in the janitor's mind? Is this the whole figment of his imagination? Because there's these random cuts to a a seemingly unconnected story with the janitor. But as we are finding out now, it's, it's, or uh, what I'm believing it is because this book is fairly open to interpretation. And that is exactly how they wanted it. it. It seems that, the the boyfriend is the real person and everything is a figment of his imagination because the whole world surrounds him we're going to the farm to see his parents to see his family he's presenting his new girlfriend to the family and uh yes. everything is around his mind i believe and, and yeah go ahead yeah it- no, no, no. Um, yeah, exactly. Everything is uh, centered around him. Everything is focused on him. Even the beginning with the girl, everything she is saying is about him. She doesn't have a single thought that has to do about her. She doesn't think about friends. She doesn't think about her job. She barely even mentions that she has to study for school. And with that even keeps changing. She is so focused on him, which yeah. really ties into like everything that this movie is about you know right so and it's what what like what i I think is happening is so this girl is a figment of his imagination he's dreamed her up in his head and Mm -hmm. just like we can have these grandiose dreams about the perfect woman we also have the uh the self-conscious that maybe i'm not enough to hold on to this perfect woman and, and maybe there's yeah. things that are i'm broken about me that that things that she wouldn't like you know maybe i'm too fat or too ugly or there's things that she wouldn't like about me and 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 mm-hmm. as he's thinking of these thoughts she is changing herself so the it's more yeah. of a realistic dream it, uh, of of his ideal girl because he's thinking he's thinking about the things that she would not necessarily like about him as well and, and the judgment mm-hmm. and all that's there but you're right her things about her and the clues to this is that things about her are constantly changing throughout the movie she was a, a student a physicist a waiter a poet and mm-hmm. an artist and and she changes yep. between all these different things throughout throughout the movie as well as most notably like the things that start messing me up in, in the mind is her parents like are his parents they they start changing age are getting older yeah as as she walks yeah. into a room they're a different age um there's definitely a lot of yeah. unanswered questions in in this though but yeah that was the most n- notable that we weren't in the real world is that the parents were changing from room to room yeah and even littler or um smaller things than that uh her makeup would be different from one scene going into the next same with her um jewelry one scene she'll be wearing nothing the very next scene the very next time you see her she is decked out in this beautiful pearl necklace you know yeah it's just the little things that every time he thinks he needs to make a change to make her just that much better in his mind he does that 
right? And like you pointed out with the age of the parents, if you ever noticed that the parents rarely, they were only on the same age uh, age length, what, once? And that was when they first entered in the apartment. But right after that initial drink of dinner, everything just goes haywire. Right. And their ages are jumping from super young to super old, depending on what he thought was the best representation of his ideal parents. So he wasn't just trying to push off like his ideal girlfriend. He was trying to push off his ideal parents as well. He's trying to feel a void that he obviously has from his childhood all the way up to adulthood. And what's so, So, what I think real about that is uh, striking about that is that that is how I think about my parents as well. You know, it's like they're my parents are now in their 60s, but I still see them as the parents they were when I was, you know, six years old. It's they're still mm-hmm. that same image to me. And it's kind of like I get I, our perspectives of our family change. And 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 maybe I'm, I have blinders over me and I don't see the way my parents are necessarily now. And sometimes I notice that when maybe they're, you know, trying to stand up or something and they're, and every, or all the bones are creaking because they're, they're older now or, or, you know, they, yeah. they go on a walk and they're sore for two and a half weeks because I, I don't, I don't <laughs> see that side of, I don't know that side of my parents and they exist in yeah. every age in my mind. And that is, I think kind of what they're trying to, trying to show is that that and maybe also that when is the perfect age range to show like to show your family to your 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 girlfriend exactly yeah. so they that, keep changing in his mind yeah when is that ideal time it's all about that ideal time you know yeah. the one award that he got in the real world that we're able to at least determine that was from the real world wasn't the best award and he mentions that like oh it you know, my dignit was dignitary award. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I got the dignitary award, but I didn't get the best award. Like he got the second best award, but he couldn't look at that and see accomplishment out of that. He only saw the negative fact that he didn't get something better. Yes. Yeah. But I believe it was in, in diligence that the award was from. In, yeah. In diligence. Diligence award. D- diligence. Yeah. Um, but if you also notice during that, his mom always talk down to him always talk down to him right she did it in a nice way like we talk to dogs when they do like aren't you just a little doggy that doesn't know what i'm talking about (laughs) that was basically how she was talking to him the entire movie right and i I think he's not that we can create monsters in our own head like they you know monsters don't exist in real life but we can we can project the the negative things of people that have happened and, and we can create real real world monsters in our in our heads and, and i i feel mm-hmm. like that was kind of see there was there was a weird moment uh which i thought why why are they if if this is something he chooses to imagine why is he imagining what might have been a real relationship with them which is like when uh mm-hmm. She, the mother leans in to kiss him. He he pulls away from it, and the father won't even look him yeah. in the eyes. If you notice that at the beginning when they meet, not a single time in the entire movie did the father look at him. Yeah, and so it's it's and obviously in this house there's a lot of unanswered questions that we didn't get to address in the mm-hmm. in in exploring this movie. But uh, for example, the the basement, which was you can 
you can write a whole freaking um, uh, thesis paper on this movie totally. with all the stuff yeah. that they they hid inside every other word. And what's important, I think, as well to to note is that this is just our perspective on it. And and they even make mention of this in the in the film when they're talking about uh, the the diagnosis of a movie that they both had watched mutually, and they both have different mm-hmm. perspectives on it. And you know what? They're both right. It's it's that's yeah. kind of what this world is. It's a, it's a perspective of what you think it might have been, and that's exactly what the the director and writer wanted. They wanted to leave everything up to interpretation and and have and make it more of an experience for a personal experience for the audience that they can interpret for themselves. So we are trying to you know be a little bit more general and read and, and possibly interpret what they were trying to do in this film though um because that again mm-hmm. was also another luxury that the director had from the writer was yeah. to interpret it the way he felt that that they wanted um but i feel like yeah uh, one of the major uh representations of this and it's also reinforced through repetition several times throughout the film um is this notion of uh, that we all do with our deal with ourselves is dealing with age mm-hmm. um but not necessarily death like i didn't feel like death was the major focus it was more about age and and it was reinforced through the metaphor of a train first at the beginning uh they were talking about a train that's going fast and you can't get off of it uh and, and it, it itself is a care is an engine for age because it's only moving yeah. forward um and then again the mother uh, repre- uh also mentions the train two other times in the film and uh even yeah. says that it's a train taking us to hell because uh age only moves forward um so yeah go ahead yeah it definitely look uh, it definitely pushes the fact that it is trying to say that this individual is thinking back on you know his life, his time wasted, like, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Oh, I just lost my train of thought. Uh, trains. <laughs> you lost your yeah. train of uh, thought. Train of thought on trains. Hey. Um, That's great. But yeah, th- this movie is really trying to push at the fact that it's time. Time is being messed with, with the parents getting older and younger, with the train, um, in the very beginning, even with the poem of coming home to an empty house with nobody there, the fact that I hate coming home, loneliness. Oh, yeah. When they're talk, when they're talking about the loneliness, that preluded the whole the whole movie. Janitor. Right? Yeah, dude, that was just foreshadowing yeah. up the <laughs> yang, man. <laughs> it got so dark. That's what I love too. It's it's so morbid uh, and dark, mm-hmm. like. She just went. Right she away. just went down a really dark alley when they were talking about a homecoming, and I was like, "Oh yeah. gosh, she must not be very excited to go see her boyfriend's parents." Be- I no, thought he was going to be like, pissed <laughs> because it was so dark, yeah. and he loved it. Yeah, yeah, and even in the beginning, he was like, "That that poem was about me." You like <laughs> it sounds like you wrote that about me. <laughs> what what was? Oh man, what's cool too is that this this whole film is a engine for representation of age moving forward and so everything mm-hmm. in the storyline for this character has to proceed forward and um everything one of the things that they that they had did there's two major 
scenes of driving. A lot of the movie takes, takes place of the driving. And uh, mm-hmm. they had the way that they'd filmed it, they created this this uh, sense that we're in a car driving, but we're not going anywhere. If you notice, there's no other cars. Yeah. There's no, the background is, is uh, partially escaped us, except for the day scene. Um, and even then, while the day scene is moving, we're not getting this sense of movement that you would normally get in in a in a film. Uh, if they were driving yeah. in a car, we'd get this feeling that you know there's thing there's there's things happening. But in this, in both of these scenes, there was no movement, no movement going forward. So the character just stayed stagnant and stuck in the time frame that that the. Uh, the the user wanted them to stay in i'm possibly the boyfriend yeah. i, I and, guess in this case would be what i'm talking about yeah and that was definitely done on purpose to show that because everybody knows well at least us in the film industry know that establishing shots are used primarily when um people are in vehicles to show that the vehicle is moving that it's going to the next location they didn't use any establishing shots and they did that on purpose they wanted us to feel like we're not doing anything or going anywhere yeah yeah it was great and and so now that we're moving into like the shots i think uh Mm -hmm. one of the 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 most apparent abundant use that they that they did in this one and i think they did really well is the use of negative space and uh Mm -hmm. even just showing the title it's it's so itty bitty on the screen you can barely see it it's all black screen and just this itty bitty title it just it just gives this feeling of uh, of insignificance and 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 invisibility. invisibility it's just it's it's not we're not even worth looking at the title of your fucking movie because it's so <laughs> small you know and it's it's almost fine print and uh again yeah. sorry you're gonna have to beat me on that one but uh <laughs> it, it, it is it's powerful it's, it's powerful when mm-hmm. you don't show things and a lot of the the shots used a lot of this negative space and and what also helps contribute to that mind trip um was that when you when you build a shot you like to create nice uh symmetric uh scenes you know you get nice leading lines you make them nice and symmetrical you have one character on one Mm -hmm. side one on the other and it's it's nice and even almost always and this one almost all the shots were asymmetric and, and it kind of hurt your brain a little bit to watch it because the shot always just seemed a little bit off and framing um, so that he yeah. could utilize that negative space. And most, uh, the one I noticed it most was for the car scenes when they would do them both head on, they would both be at the very bottom third of the screen and everything above it, the two thirds above it was just snow falling in black sky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and then counterpose to that, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but uh it, no, you're good. important on the same thought anytime we moved into the girl um speaking and, and most of the shots in the movie anytime we moved to her thought process her voiceover um or mm-hmm. her speaking we created a a very chaotic clustered shot it wasn't it wasn't a simple shot to show her so it, it, it just stood out very very noticeably from this empty space in one shot and then we'd move to her thoughts and it would be so busy instead of using a, a, like a traditional side shot in through the front window to get the character, they would use the A column, the B column of both vehicle of, of both sides of the vehicle mm-hmm. and, and frame her in this almost 
through a dirty window even of like of uh, not maybe not dirty but um uh, uh snowed uh frosted window where she's just yeah. a small figure and all this mess of lines from the car uh from the car's pillars and it, it wasn't clean but it, it created this sense of chaos in her mind and that's kind of what i felt like a lot of her thought process was was un, undoing and making sense of all the the mess that's going on, which which I can relate to uh, on ourselves because that's that's a lot of what we do when we get stuck into our own brains. Yeah, and yeah, they really chose the different shots, especially with her coming um, from any time that she was talking, just like you're saying, going away from the talking when they showed the next character. Um, more times than you realize, they were showing the next character as like their entire face filled the whole frame. It was shocking. It was uncomfortable. Know? Like the first time. Yeah, it was uncomfortable the first time it happened. And I started noticing that it was only happening either right before she spoke or right after she spoke. But it was just a way to like shock everybody. But it didn't happen with Jake. It only happened with his parents when his parents were looking at her. Right. And yeah, so it, it's just they the director and the um, cinematographer really used the shots in the film to um, bring out just the sense of smallness and insignificance. Yes. And made even us as the viewers feel like, ooh. Yes. Like, I don't <laughs> feel like I matter very much right now either. Jeez. <laughs> so, you know, and I. One of the things, too, that I saw, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. But one of no, the. No, you're uh, good. You're good. Other things that I was curious about, too, is is there's this obvious use of i mean one of the first scenes in this movie is the wallpaper is this beautifully decorated wallpaper um all of it is kind of vintage right and so every time we're inside of a house inside of any building there's this intricate vintage wallpaper being shown in all the rooms with the exception because Mm -hmm. it stands out very prominent when i don't see it um of the stairs in the hallway where it was just painted a uh, bright green color. Uh, what do you, what do you make of that? I have a couple of ideas, but I wanted to ask you about the use of that wallpaper. You know, the use of the wallpaper is just like everything else that he, uh, or is shown in this film, just really radiate radiates being stuck in the past. Like the shows that he's yes. watching, um, the wallpaper is all um, old from like the sixties. The shows are definitely from um, when he was a kid. Everything, even uh, the music he listens to, is all from the past. He has not been able to um, go anywhere. He's not been able to move on. That's at least what I'm getting from the side piece, especially when his character was first introduced. Yeah. Or it, the old man was first introduced. I that's something I'm still thinking about after watching it. It's it's obviously it makes it more visually interesting to see this decorated wallpaper and the vintage style mm-hmm. than um just a painted wall. But when those painted walls yeah. are shown, it stood out so prominent. And and I noticed when she was walking down, she went up. So going upstairs was like a faux pas. Like, don't do that. You know, it was, Mm -hmm. it seemed, it wasn't actually said, but it seemed like it was like a, a, not a thing to do. 
And uh, yeah. again, going back to age, though, it might be something in his mind of like being a child and not being allowed to be upstairs or something. And uh, mm-hmm. but when they when she did go upstairs and uh, we were seeing all these green walls going up the stairs and, and when she was coming down, she came down about five or six different flights of stairs. It seemed it seemed uh, to not match the the going upstairs like there was this like yeah like, almost like it was a sense of like being in purgatory like she was just stuck in a, a pile of endless stairs going down and down and down into maybe the the more complex issues in her mind because if you notice she was also stuck in thought while she was going downstairs yeah. or or again i get the sense of purgatory that's that's kind of being like they're almost like stuck yeah. in it you know See, I have a um, different way of viewing that entire thing going um, the multiple trips up and down the stairs, um, what happens at the end. But I'm going to I'm going to hold that theory off for just a little bit. I'm going to talk about it a little bit later. I want us to get through the rest first, but I do have I do have an idea that touches back on that. Okay, so I wanted to talk about some of the things that stood out like fire in this film. Mm-hmm. And which I I felt was actually really refreshing because in this day and age we so prominently use our phones and it's just like a way of life. It it kills me and I want to throw my phone in the ocean. Uh, but we didn't see any phones in this movie uh, right away. No. And and when we when we did, it was uh, shown and and it, and it hurt our eyes to see this because of the use of vibrant colors. So things that weren't uh, supposed to be in this world were super vibrant colors. Uh, if you yes. notice, the whole palette of this movie is very neutral and and without everything's bled of color. There's no like it all looks like yeah. old vintage. Everything is just it's faded and everything is natural colors, um, except mm-hmm. for these things that shouldn't be there. Like when she pulls out her phone. It's 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 vibrant color and it's it's screaming at you, and the, uh, throughout yeah, the movie she never answers too. it. And it's her friends keep calling her like, "Who's Lucy?" This Lucy gal that keeps calling her over and over again, almost as if to warn her not to go on this trip, um, which sets mm-hmm. it up as a horror film for me at first uh, until we get into yeah. it. And and. It, it's weird because we're setting this whole thing is built as like a, a horror scene, a horror movie. But I, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm still trying to make sense of what these vibrant things that stand out are were. Um, there's also a, a, a lot of repetition from the use of the uh, mugs. There's thermoses um, placed throughout, mm-hmm. for example, the back of his car. So um, inside his house throughout the on the counters, there's thermoses. Um, at one yeah. moment he opens up a drawer and it's full of thermoses that were vibrant mm-hmm. colors of like red and, 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 and strong white colors. And it just stood mm-hmm. out. And, uh, I, I, again, I don't know yeah. if these are things that like, you know, that as we grow up, we see things from our past that, that flash us back to that moment. Um, that was growing up, um, you know, like like a certain cookie or a certain thing that, you know, like a, a blanket that you grew up with, you see it and it throws you back to, I don't know if that was the use of that, um, uh, of those. Using yeah. Those so devices. the, the, from the theory I was going to bring up later, and actually I'll bring it up now because it fits really well 
is I believe this whole movie from start to finish happened in the span of that old man janitor's afternoon. Okay. So the reason I say that is every time she's moving up and down stairs, every time her clothes are changing, everything, right? It's always to fit his idea of what the perfect person is, his idea of what the perfect uh, meeting of his family is. However, everything alludes to this man being stuck in time. You know, how long has it been since he saw that woman? Holy right. shit. Well, you just put it that you just blew my mind. And I'm going to tell you why. Yeah. I You just put this whole movie in perspective for me. I believe it does <laughs> happen over the course of the day. And and at the end of the day, mm-hmm. this man dies. It's it's a recounting yep. of his life. Right. And and it's and yep. we're getting lost in his his mind. And the yeah. reason I think that this is the way it is, is because the very first sequence in this movie is we open up on this redheaded girl outside in a beautiful sun, getting on her phone, waiting for this car to pick her up. And then we pan over and see this old man who's a janitor looking out the window, mm-hmm. staring at her. And this was probably the, the only part that was that was real before we went into his yeah. mind. He's sitting out there getting ready to go to work and he sees this girl on the sidewalk going about her business and he builds yeah. this perfect girl inside his head in the perfect time in his life when he was in his twenties and thirties and, uh, and, and or, thinks about how it would be introducing her to his family. Who's probably long yeah. deceased. And it's all happening through the day while he's working and cleaning the school as a janitor. Boom. Yeah. Or even more depressing. And I hate to say it is he's been thinking about this girl for the last 40 years. Okay, and I say that because when you're um, when Lucy is entering the school at the very end of the movie, um, she looks down into the trash can and she sees a trash can full of the cups. Yeah, completely to the brim full of the cups that she just threw in. Right. Yeah. How many times has this man thought about introducing this woman to his family? Dude. He looks down in the um you when they go when she finally goes downstairs, everywhere is pictures of her. Yeah. Drawn. That's right. She says that's a picture All of me. All over the place. Yep. The freaking um the books and stuff were the books that um her poetry. She was talking about knowing the entire time, her poetry, her drawings, and everything. She is him. Yes. She is him. She the only the me. I think he saw her at one point in time in the past and he may have tried to talk to her. He may have been too scared to talk to her. And then he just obsessed over what could have happened in his life. Just like he obsessed over what could have happened with everything else. Being a physicist, being a poet, you know, he wanted to do all these crazy interesting things in his life and yet he dropped out of school and became a janitor you know Ah, and my question which i just asked is why do we have the use of this phone and why are her friends keep calling her to seemingly tell her to get out of this situation and if we are going on the off the concept that he is in his head 
what is our biggest distractors that we have nowadays in the world is the goddamn ringing phone that's in our pocket all the time. And, and mm-hmm. I think that this is why that, that moment stood out so much for me and why I felt that this, I wrote this in my notes that this shouldn't be there. Why is this phone there? Why are these people calling her? Um, because it's, it's, yeah. it's Who calling him out of his thought process. It's trying to call him away back into the real world. Uh, so to speak, even though mm-hmm. arguably going into your phone is getting out of the real world. But uh, I, I think it's speaking about that use of use of technology as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's definitely showing that just like the phone, like you were saying, the phone was pulling us out of the real world. That phone was pulling him out of his dream world. Right. You know, yeah, maybe the phone represents something he had to do at work that was taking his mind away. You know, maybe it was his inner thought saying, hey, enough of this freaking dream world, dude. Wake the freak up, yeah. man. You've been dreaming for 50 years, dude. If he is like, her. Wake up. And, and, and yeah, you're we a think janitor. These phone calls are telling her to get out. And and even. Yeah, it might be just voices from like from at the at the shake shop of this girl telling her, get out. You don't have to mm-hmm. stay in this time. And, and yeah. they're telling you him to move on. I get it. Move <laughs> yeah, on. You can move on. You can be something else you can finally get it you could finally grab a hold of your life and i think that's what happened at the end i don't think he went crazy which is why again now this is making sense which is why anytime they're in the car you don't get the sense of moving forward we're stuck yeah that's great exactly we're stuck and also think about um the pig do you remember the pig from the beginning of the movie how do you not remember the pig they were eating the pig oh my god (laughs) yeah the pig oh dear god so the pig in the beginning of the movie um, was left out and he told uh, Lucy the story of how a pig was left out by his father and died. So they had to light it on fire. Right. Ugh. He dies the exact same way that pig died alone, frozen to death, naked. <laughs> he dies the exact same way that pig does. I get it because this, there's a sequence at the end with the a magical pig, a cartoon mm-hmm. figure, and which we never see a pig in real life. We just see the ashes no, of the pig. So I'm I'm kind of putting it together as this is that moment that all happens to us where where it's the process of growing up. We see something, we're mm-hmm. exposed to something that we shouldn't be seeing as a child, but it's also natural at the same time for a child to get these experiences. And there's this moment that is happens in all of our, our brains where we learn to process and accept the fact that maybe death happens or, you know, something more natural. Um, and and we all grow up, but at the same time, we remember the fact that we were scared of it, uh, as, Mm -hmm. as children. And so this might've been that moment happened on the farm where he explained, uh, actually they use this phrasing, uh, quite a lot. I think three or four times in the film, different people say this and the phrase is life can be difficult on a farm. And, and they keep saying that over and over again, life is difficult on a farm. And I think that this was one of those moments that may have happened when he was young. That's why he imagines the pig as a cartoon. Um, and, and, and it's just one of those things that's been burned into his mind, but he himself has been able to process it because that's what he tells her, but her is him. So it's like mm-hmm. there's a it's that inner child that's stuck in his head. Yeah, and it also explains the most confusing freaking scene in the entire show. Yes. 
um, when they go to that ice cream parlor um, on the way back at the end of the movie and they stop and get the two fro- uh, freezies or frozen. Yeah, I'm, whatever I'm still get. thinking this is a horror movie at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too, dude. I had to watch this movie through the second time because at the end of the first time, I legitimately thought we watched a movie about being in the si- in the mind of a serial killer. Exactly. <laughs> so, okay, I had to watch really it quick. a second time. <laughs> that is the brilliance of, of Jesse Buckley, though. Uh, if you know yeah. he's he's from uh breaking bad is one of the one of the big shows that he mm-hmm. became super popular on and he's just got this this mind uh this thing that spin, sends chills up the back of your spine uh, about a, a serial killer he's just like like yeah he's good and he does it in just his demeanor it's it's his mundane um or, uh, attitude the way he talks it's very with, with without uh tone it's all very bland and even and and just the way he pauses in between his words it yeah he plays a yeah, perfect just, serial uh, killer yeah no yeah you're absolutely right um his name is jesse plimo plimons oh uh, though. i said jesse buckley um, that's the girl which is also another that's the actress <laughs> yeah that's the actress which is also another interesting thing that they're both named jesse yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Something it, probably the director had a little laugh weird. at that it, one. Yeah, it's like heh, both our stars are Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, which I, okay, go back to the. Let's go back to the Shake Shack because I thought that was kind oh, of an okay, interesting. Okay, 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 okay. So, um, going to the Shake Shack, I think. Okay, so for one, the two girls that are being overly nice and giggly and stuff are the same two girls that the janitor passes in the beginning of the movie that are mean to him, all making fun of him and stuff when he passes him, right? Right. But um, I think that that third girl is um, a reflection of himself from when he was younger. Like his insecurities and everything he's trying to hide away, right? Mm. Because he um, says, I'm sorry about that smell. We're uh, varnishing the shelves, right? okay last time i checked you don't varnish the shell you don't varnish shit inside an ice cream shop yeah <laughs> you know Absolutely. that's a little dangerous people are gonna die yeah so i'm thinking that was the excuse that he was given by his father when his father killed the pig like maybe he started smelling it because he said oh. um, the pig started getting maggots and stuff like that Maybe it started stinking and he asked his dad what that smell was. And his dad was like, oh, it's nothing. I'm varnishing. But he knew in his mind it's not varnish. You know? Yeah. They're not varnishing the shelves. Okay. I think that makes sense. Because that's the only thing that fits that entire scene into anywhere. I feel it like this, this is a mix of a illusion that's made up in his brain, a reflection of that, uh, of these different things that have, uh, he encountered growing up in high school because there's the typical mm-hmm. you know the high school girls that are too cool for school type yeah, thing the mean girls exactly the mean girls and uh and then there's there's the always the ones that you make friends with the ones that are more honest and mm-hmm. open and and she's throwing compliments at him but then i also feel like it's it's more of like uh speaking out to any you know generic local town <laughs> insert you know yeah. little town here and and it, it's also like this is the this is the spot to go this is the thing that creates mm-hmm. this little town and makes it so wonderful but also there's the different generations of of kids that have would have worked would have worked in there 
um, in their high school years yeah. and, and moved on. And, and we're just seeing these different uh, generations of, of people that have might've worked there um, all yeah. in this one scene coming out. Yeah. And um, if you noticed w- one of the reasons I think that this girl and Jake are one and the same is that when Jake is paying one, they don't touch. He just throws money down and she grabs it. But if you notice their hands, they have the same bruises or rash yeah. or something on their hands. And Jake does not have a rash on his hand at all during the rest of the movie. The only time his hand changes, in fact, is when it goes older because he goes to switch the music, the channel, the song. Right. And he has an old man's hand for, you know, and the real world's bleeding through. It, Exactly. On the car. That was in the car before going into the high school. Yeah, like, that, as he gets closer to car. himself, he becomes mm-hmm. more like himself. And it's like, and then we, we, another fun part was that the, I thought it was fun. The janitor is sitting there watching a movie on his lunch break inside one of the <laughs> classrooms. I just think it's fun to, you know, he's, he's, uh, yeah. he's utilizing the, the, the public services of the school in, in a different mm-hmm. way, but he's watching this movie of this think about- dance routine. I, I believe it's a Robert Zemeckis movie. And, uh, and, and it, he, at the end, when they meet, when his characters in his mind meet him, yeah. That it, it turns into this ballet almost that matches this movie that he was watching. So his, his mind kind of beautiful. bleeds through into that that scene and they have this whole love scene and they almost live their whole world and and die in, in this one ballet scene, which I think yeah. is kind of beautiful that it, the way it plays out. Even the blood is, oh, is man. after he stabbed him, is being gorgeous. played out from the oh. little flags. I thought it was cute. but <laughs> Yeah, dude, I like up until this point in the movie i was like yeah the movie's okay literally the entire reason i wanted you to watch this movie was the ending i have never been more impressed by an ending to a movie in my entire life yeah that ending pulled everything together it made me question literally everything i just watched it uh, made me tear up and give me goosebumps at how beautiful the ballet was. Oh my God. Whoever was doing the dancing at the end. Mm, gorgeous. Gorgeous. Their routine was amazing. But if you notice the movie, the movie that you brought up earlier, old movie. Old. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it fits it his, old it fits his uh, age t- mm-hmm. time stuck in the past man he can't move on yeah and then and then so then we go to this which i've seen this this play out several times before um so it it had to have it's it's not original it had to have been a nod to other movies that were playing but uh even i'm I'm now thinking i'm just uh, off the top of my mind uh american horror story the the Mm -hmm. freak show um season where at the end the the old uh haggard actress who's playing the the uh the the keeper of the freak show she passes on and dies and and as a performer she she gets to do the one thing she loves and perform in front of all the people she she admires in in one last act at, you know on her deathbed and that's playing in her mind is this is this performance and he gets to do that as well it builds up to this that's how i knew he was dead at this point is this he's crossed yeah, over because he, he's performing beautiful mind. oklahoma 
a, a play that he loved and and singing in front of everybody who was in the movie and 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 performing for them as they're all old and it's it's not it's not an old old it's it's obviously mm-hmm. it's obviously a fake old which i don't i'm yeah. trying to decipher still what that what that means why it, it, maybe that our age is a perception it's it's just it's just something we we think about yeah no he um if you notice the uh everywhere in the movie uh regarding age is done beautifully right the uh anytime that any of the actors were uh created older it was top of the line makeup right yeah until he's dead and at that point in time everybody has bare like this face paint stuff to make him look old it's just just really bad it's like a high school rendition of trying to make somebody look older right right yes and if you listen to the speech that he was giving it was also um the same speech from a beautiful mind yes yeah so it was Um, it was a nod to that to the movie, mm-hmm. the actor, I don't, I don't understand, but that's what also made me think that because the movie itself is about it's, a schizophrenic it's be- person, right? Yep, it's about a schizophrenic and how everything in the movie pretty much happens in his mind. And when he um, nods to that, when he brings up the um, the delusions part, it looks over at Lucy and they have like a hey, hey, you know, yeah. a wink, wink moment going on, you know, just to show, just to further show us that. This was all in his head, and my God, it was good. <laughs> well, it, we knew that by this time because this was after he received his yeah. Nobel Peace Prize before he broke into yeah. song and dance. You know? <laughs> yeah, th- th- at this point in time, I figured he was dead. Okay, so the first time I watched through it, I thought he was dead, and each one of these people that was in the um, audience was somebody he killed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a serial so, killer, and yeah, that's. Yeah. I, I think, <laughs> dude, I was like, what? Yeah, maybe this it might be a downfall. Of, I, I think he's a great actor, but yeah, maybe that Jesse Plemons, of course, that is the name mm-hmm. now. I, I corrected myself on that one, but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, he's a great serial killer. But also, yeah, maybe yeah. that was what they wanted. Maybe they wanted us to because there's definitely like this this horror movie aspect feeling to it, and it turns out it wasn't. Mm-hmm. I guess unless you you count the horrors uh, that are in our mind and. and yeah. In that case, then maybe you can think it was because everyone's once we get really deep into our thought, it could be, could be a little scary, I think, for everybody. Yeah. Um. So, for, yeah, maybe that was the the decision they were trying to make. But yeah. Yeah. Once he once he breaks out in song and dance with his Nobel Peace Prize, it's uh, yeah, it's, pretty great. <laughs> it's game over. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> it's definitely worth the watch. It's the oh, man, if nothing else in the movie was worth watching the ending made the entire film worth it it was i still i still think it was one of the best endings i've seen in a very long time absolutely and and so you and you touched on it too the 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 speech from a beautiful mind uh that was given by russell crowe and and all these pop culture references there there was even this one instance where they're in the car and the girl breaks out into this this darling and everything that is, is <laughs> what we don't know 
we need to know, darling. I, I, it's, it's too bourgeois yeah. for you, darling. And I'm like, who, who is she? She's changing into a different character. But that, that itself was was taken from another pop culture reference of within that time. Um, uh, that would have been for for this janitor at his at his age. And so there's just a lot of, um, which it's true. I think our our world is kind of guided by we live by pop culture references. Um, even his bedroom yeah. was full of of movies and and magazines and things from from mm-hmm. his his childhood um but w- yeah. one of the uh, whoa which i thought that was interesting too maybe you know the dad had alzheimer's and dementia i wonder if he himself was the one falling to dementia and and that's why there needed to be labels on everything throughout the house because yeah. that was his house is his mind and he's navigating the the complexities of it and going into these different rooms but having them labeled helped him find it in his mind maybe that that is why we're getting all these yeah. these random jump cuts that that seemingly push us around at different times um in, in yeah. different and just decades. make everything very confusing yeah yeah but one of the things that he did he did touch on that i i liked and there was also another comparison again through use of repetition inside this movie was at the beginning they talked about uh uh, films you know the the train oh if a train was going you could just jump off of a train no uh you can't just jump off of a train because in the real world if you jump off a train you die and he says well uh maybe i'm just being fed lies from movies and 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 it's true in in a sense because that's the essence of hollywood is 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 building mm-hmm. these lies to tell a story um but also it shapes our perspective and i think that was a kind of important note that he had and also relayed throughout the movie through those use of repetitious uh, uh devices mm-hmm. that that we form our perspectives based off of the different media that we bring in there uh and the things mm-hmm. that we see and expose ourselves to which kind of makes it a little bit scary nowadays is that we have so much niche media because if you want to be like you know, uh, QAnon or something and, and go really right wing. <laughs> you can think the world is flat and you can find as, as much media as you want to support the fact that the world is flat um, or yeah. or that Trump is a superior being uh, brought here by the devil or something. You know, it's it, it's mm-hmm. it, there's 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 plenty of evidence online to support all those things. But then we have this this uh, this moment where they're again, they're talking about uh farm animals and how how farm animals are without conscious thought and that mm-hmm. humans are the only ones that have evolved to find um this this ability to know who we are but uh our bl- our brains are filled with this perspective and filled with lies from the things that we consume so she kind of she kind of hints that we are actually just like animals and that we haven't found our conscious thoughts. We haven't found our self-conscious. And she even offers yeah. the, 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 I, I see it as a scapegoat that maybe hope is the only thing that humans have, have evolved to hold on to um, and not so much conscious thought. But, but she goes back to say like, we're basically just like the animals. Like the, her argument was, yeah, because of the things we choose to consume and in media and education wise, we're 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 just as good as animals and we don't know it. Yeah. And I think that's very powerful, especially in today's day and age where a lot of people believe, 
you know, basically whatever is put in front of them. They never look for opposing thoughts. They just look for more media that supports their thought. Exactly. So I think when a movie points this out and uh, tries to bring attention to it, I really appreciate that personally. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know if I had to sum up this movie, it was it was awkward and uncomfortable, but beautiful. Yeah exhausting exhausting yes and uh and if you know out there know who lucy was and how she fits in there and why she keeps calling then please let us know because i'm still trying to trying to grasp on that one that's one of my questions that i felt wasn't answered in this session today i'm trying to figure out who is lucy and a satisfying result i i have an idea about that okay if you notice every time her um, name change or every time the person calling's name mm-hmm. was the name of her, you know, so the first time it was Lucy that was called, mm-hmm. right? Her name is Lucy. Then her name would change. The parents would call her different things. Yeah. Right. And then whatever her parent were calling her, then you would look down and when the next time she looked at her phone, she had a bunch of missed calls from other people. If you paused her right there, you noticed all the other missed calls were from what her parents were calling her. Oh, you know? that's right. Yeah. So it was Lucy, Amy, Ames, mm-hmm. and I believe Agnes might have been one of the other names. Um, I was writing them down as they were calling her different names. And I was it was it was like, yeah. what's going on here? Why is her name changing? Ames and like, yeah, exactly. again, I was still in serial killer mode. I'm like, this is a horror movie. He's getting mm-hmm. ready to chop her head off. He's calling her Ames yeah, now because yeah. he's like degrading into like what he wants her to be, you know? But uh, yeah. that's exactly yeah. what he was doing is, is he's, he's turning her into what he, was, he wants her to be. She's this perfect woman. Yeah. Literally changing her. He wasn't a serial killer trying to force her into change. He was literally physically changing her in his mind okay last question (sighs) why Mm -hmm. we have a scene where she goes to show the parents her artwork which i find is really beautiful and i think it speaks to the movie industry again as well as like the the effort you have to go to build a scene and then we see all this use of negative space and how it creates an emotion for us to feel oh and then there was also the argument of with her and the father of i need to feel like somebody is in this picture so that i can experience the emotion through them and the storytelling and and she's like yeah. well maybe you can just imagine that you yourself are standing here and this is through your perspective and that this thing that i've created for you to look at is the thing i want you to experience which uh, uh, goes back to this movie in itself where we're supposed to experience it as mm-hmm. us from our perspective and not from her perspective as her being in the exactly. movie is what the director is telling us. But uh, then she mm-hmm. looks down at the mother's foot and it's like, it's like rotten. And what, what do you think that is this an indication that she herself is, is realizing that she is not real or see. Um, so the paintings that um, she showed were actually real paintings done by an artist um, back in uh, 1847 to 1919 by Ralph Albert Blacklock. Sorry if I butchered that. Yeah. <laughs> um, he was an American painter who painted uh, landscapes related to the tonal, tonal, oh, tonalism. Tonalism. Yeah. Tonalism movement. All right. And uh, so it's definitely definitely for oh, sure. Sorry. All those places he painted, there's now a Walmart there. 
<laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Just, but, it's um, a little sad to I, think about that. But yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But I think that this time that the father was um, talking bad about her painting, this was the only time that the father wasn't supportive in whatever job she was doing. Right. This is the time like, I don't understand it. Like, why are you why are you doing this? Right. I think that's because um, Jake had such a negative response, maybe with trying to paint because when you go down into the basement he has those paintings that she showed off as his own yeah oh and then so okay so is this why he doesn't want to go in the basement these are the things that he has tried to forget and and shove into a little corner inside of his brain yeah it's those things that we don't want to remember about our lives that's why the the basement is so scary to go into it's his it's his real life you know um down the washing machine had his janitor clothes yeah right you know, down there, locked behind the door, that's where the pictures of Lucy were. That's where um, his other paintings were. That's where his books and his physics books and his philosophy books and his poetry and everything was stuffed. Yeah. Right? So, like, I, I, I think that in his younger age, maybe he was forced to stay down there by his parents. Maybe he was just spent all his time down there. Because his parents do allude to that a few times by saying he spends all his time down there or uh, something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's interesting. Okay, I think. uh, Yeah, that that definitely answered another unanswered question for me was the uh, I I didn't think know if they were using this door to the basement to sell it as a horror movie or if it had a stronger meaning. But now that we're kind of talking it over, I I feel like we're we're hitting those those corners a little bit more. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely a good movie. I, I think uh, it does. It definitely deserves watching it multiple times to understand mm-hmm. and decipher the various meanings that that you may have yeah. in there, which is perfectly okay to be different from our own because that is Absolutely. what they're saying is the beauty of this is that it's it's experience for the individual to have, not for us to consume as a whole um in in and spit out this pop culture and live by this we're we're supposed to have an individual moment to ourselves and 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 really find out what this means to us yeah absolutely and if you guys have any uh if you agree with us if you disagree with us let us know you know if you guys have any other um suggestions or theories or alternate theories like i would love to hear other people's ideas on this Everything I've looked up um, and how I think about it uh, is one way, but I would love to hear what everybody else has to think. Yeah, yeah, and and definitely all the uh, different things that we may have missed as well. I'm sure there's there's mm-hmm. there's again oh, there's so, so much, much in this movie we we missed so a lot, but uh, it's 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 just how it is. We have we have to focus some time mm-hmm. to to speak about the more obvious things and and build a foundation for this this wonderful film that we we had watched and uh hopefully we've uncovered it for um you to watch and and experience as well yeah check it out all right so going on to more pressing concerns for our listeners disney plus is going to be increasing their subscription prices again uh this month come on it's not yeah this is bound to be expected though all the different streaming devices the more content they put out, the more expensive it's going to get. I mean, look at Netflix. Netflix has gone up from, what, $7 when they first came out to now $15. And um, 
yeah, but so Disney. Here's the thing I I really don't like though about Disney Plus. I feel like I was I was kind of like stabbed in the heart with them because I was really excited to see all the Disney stuff be released, especially the older yeah. things and uh, and when they came out with in, in, with the announcement that they were going to start releasing their movies on Disney Plus. It wasn't that. with that uh, that that specification that it's going to be through another service. You have to go get the Disney Plus subscription, and then you have to get another subscription just to watch the movies that are coming out. And and I felt like, yeah. oh, you know, like why did you trick me into getting Disney Plus when I'm just going to have to get another subscription to watch the other movies that are coming out? Like it's so yeah, it's so, so dishonest. Let me. Yeah, so let me explain this feature for uh, those of you who haven't heard about it before. So Disney Plus is a subscription to service that you can get for $9 a month now. And they have an optional uh, additional fee that you can pay for $29.99 per movie that they're releasing out to the general public. So like um, uh, Mulan, for instance, when that came out and was released, you could either go to the theater and pay you know, 10 or $15. No, actually you couldn't at that time because it was COVID. Uh, so yeah. you couldn't go to the theater, but the only way to watch it was to basically buy it from Disney plus. Now, after that $29.99 fee, it's unlocked for the length of time you have the subscription. Okay. So if you cancel your subscription, you come back. I don't know if you get the movie back, but you definitely can't watch it. No, probably because not. You don't yeah. have a subscription. That's that's the evolution um, of these things. Before it was just you know like Apple, you could download the movie and you own it; it's yours. But now you have to subscribe yeah. and continually do it to watch the movies you purchase. Yeah, and it's it's a bunch of stuff. So with going to that, Disney Plus is now going to be or Disney announced that um, Black Widow and basically all their future. Um, content is going to be coming out on Disney Plus at the same time as theaters. I I don't know how I feel about this. Um, box office wise, people think Mulan was a failure because it only made $70 million and it had a $200 million um, budget. budget. However, <laughs> however, the massive amount of money disney plus made during that time for people that bought the movie to download it 193 percent money increased during that time 193 percent that basically means that everybody exactly that means that that pretty much shows that the vast majority of people who have a disney plus subscription bought mulan yeah okay so they made drastically more money because they cut out the theaters Right, and, and that's another thing that, that we're not going to see go away. I think their mm-hmm. studios are starting to see that they can make money on their own without a distributor. So uh, we, we're going to start seeing releases straight. Uh, I believe it's called home streaming releases or straight to home yeah. release. And uh, yeah, it, which also kind of takes it's the gonna... magical way of going to the movies because it's like I'm paying all this money for a movie theater ticket when I know it's sitting right at home. I didn't have to go anywhere, but going out is nice too. And I, I, I guess I'm, it's considerate for the people that are still concerned about, uh, you know, the world and the way it is. Yeah. COVID and everything. Yeah. But I feel like it also kind of takes a little bit of the magic away. So, um, it, it, it's one of those things that 
yes, the industry is going to survive if the theaters go down. However, the lower, the smaller people aren't going to have as good of a position. Back in the um, early 40s, there was a mass thing where only the studios held control of the film industry. You know, unless right. you worked with the studio or the studio owned your project, it, you couldn't make a film. It wasn't being it. released. <laughs> yeah, it couldn't get released. How long are we going to go down this route before we're right back at the studio system where the government's going to have to step in and say, hey, look, you guys can't control who gets to see what. Literally, the studio system is the streaming system, but back then. Right? right. The only movies that were played at theaters were movies that the studio who owned that theater played. Does that sound like something that's happening right now? The only movies being played on Disney Plus are movies that Disney is making. It's privatized hmm. and personalized Monopoly and fed much? right to your door. You don't have to do anything it's, it's but a, pay that monthly fee. <laughs> it's a monopoly, man. And now that they passed the um, law in California saying that the gig workers have to be... Um, have to uh, be employees of the companies how long until we're back at a studio system where you're paying a grip $12 an hour for an 18 hour shift you know barely minimum wage to do what dude like how long until we're back at there five years ten years yeah Tyler Perry Studios was already doing it during COVID locking all their employees down to where they can't see their family <laughs> friends leave yeah at all the housing while you're working on the movie, last time I checked, that's like not cool, man. No. <laughs> that's being locked up, dude. <laughs> not, yeah, exactly. Locked up to make movies. Um, so yeah, man. let me ask you this. How long do you think that the movie theater system is going to become extinct? Is that is that just gonna be another Mervin's someday? The movie theater system, before we know it, is gonna be the drive-in theaters. Again, yeah, which I'm I'm actually happy that that has kind of made a comeback. And as well as it oh, should have been because, dude. I mean, one movie for Never the price of two, away. come on. And you throw yeah, the kids dude. in the trunk, it's great. You know, they don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to pay for it. You don't know. You let them out of the trunk and you kind of get to live a little bit of a serial murderer life yeah. for a second. And then you get to go over <laughs> the speed bumps a little bit faster yeah. when they're in the trunk. You know, little it's stuff. It's all a good it's fun. It's a little it's, stuff it's, that counts. It's, yeah, exactly. So, no, I, yeah, I think it's... it's uh, and we're we're even seeing it's, that now. I think it was like a Regal that has uh, declared bankruptcy. It's I, I don't actually don't have mm -hmm. any movie theaters in my city anymore uh, because they've all closed down. They're all Regals, and uh, yeah. and they're gone. Bye bye. It's uh, hopefully maybe they'll become yeah. gyms or something in the future. Who knows? It, it's just before we know it, the theater system is going to go the way of the drive-in system, and a problem that we're going to have in the future is a problem that we had in the past. And government's going to have to step in and stop a monopoly from owning an entire industry. Right. And, but we can't, but we can't the, argue that the movie theaters themselves were built on eggshells no. because, I mean, we are going and, and paying, you know, 20, 30 bucks for a bag of popcorn um, and, mm -hmm. and 10, 10 bucks for a soda. It, the prices were ridiculous already. So we yeah, knew it was very I mean, unstable. Did you know how much the studios were taken to even allow the theaters to show their films? It's Everything. insane, dude. It's insane. Yeah. They had to charge an arm and a leg for drinks because they just they didn't make any money off the tickets. Right. Literally nothing. Yeah. Everything went to the studios or went to their upkeep of the systems. Yeah. You know? And the person at the top makes all the money.
<laughs> yeah. God. So it, it just with them announcing that Black Widow is also coming to streaming services and pretty much all the MCU is as well. Um, as the same time as theaters, it's just it puts a dark shadow over the future of the industry. But that's not the only news I wanted to bring up. Um, another yeah, don't end on a bad note. Of, no, of course <laughs> not. I got to end on a lovely creative note. All right. So as a kid, when you're watching shows at like two o'clock in the morning, right? What was always on? Yeah. Infomercials. Yeah. Infomercials about everything. Infomercials about a pillow or a chopmatic thing or something. Well, Roku, which has 50 million current subscribers, by the by, wow. is creating a creative, um, how did they put it? A creative showcase for products to be like... Basically, they're going to be create shows for products that are creative, right? A fancy infomercial. Um, they're going to do a super fancy infomercials, dude. It's a home shopping <laughs> they, network on Roku. Yeah, exactly, dude. They're going to make the first streaming <laughs> home shopping network. Freaking genius, dude. Like, they can just buy it from the TV. How many people would just sit at oh. home, watch this, and be like, yo, I want that order? Yo, that sounds good. Order. Like you just pick up your crap, you just pick dude. up your they remote just... and hit buy and it's automatically linked <laughs> to your Amazon account or whatever and oh. it just ships out. And that's we're gonna spend so much money and doing that. I I hate to say it, but their best customers are gonna be my grandma if she figures out how to use the remote. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> She's gonna spend so much money on this this on Roku. It's not even funny because every um you know, regular 4K TV for like three, four hundred bucks that you can get at the store has Roku built in. It's the smart app that actually works, right? Because um, Android smart TV doesn't actually work that well on um, lower end models. You have to have a really good processor to actually make it work. So a lot of the Roku one works wonderful. So since that's already put into everybody's TV, right. now they're coming up with a home shopping network. Oh my God, Roku's about to make I, I'll tell you, I can't wait for HBO to come out with the uh, the late night infomercials oh, that God. sell all the adult toys and stuff that you can buy with just one click. All the sales are going to go through the roof now oh. that we uh, that you don't even have to get on your phone to look up those type of things to buy them anymore. You just click it with your remote. And, oh, yeah. And even I could imagine the kids are going to try to watch it through a fuzzy screen at two o'clock in the morning to buy, <laughs> buy just just like uh, like like. Well, oh, we, we did. Like we back, Growing did up, yeah. back in the day. <laughs> okay, we, I, I called. I, I, hey, I drove into a corner on that one. I, I'm just saying. I've spent many a night looking into the foggy screen. <laughs> yes, many a night. Just for a side <laughs> boob. Yeah, we <laughs> just for something, anything. And it was always a letdown because it was softcore. So <laughs> oh, it's always a letdown. There's always shirts on. Like, come on, man. Anyways, so but, you know. we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up from there. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Uncovered Cinema. Uh, I think it was a good one. We there was a lot to unpack, yeah. and uh, it's gonna be a little bit longer because of it. But uh, hopefully, mm -hmm. the, I like this new format, and uh, we hope you like it too. Let us know your comments or things we might have missed, and uh, and you can check us at Uncovered Cinema at all the social handles that you need to find. Yeah, and uh, we're there, and uh, we'll be back next week. Yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us, and we will see you next time. Yay!